Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Our faith is like that. That God does allow these difficulties to come our way. And you can go on about your life and maybe you can even figure out a way to navigate it in such a way that you're pretty comfortable. And you'll get to heaven. I'm sure your faith is sincere. But man, you won't have that faith like what we just talked about. Where you believe God exists and you believe that God knows you and you believe that God's gonna see you through everything that you go through. And God uses those difficult moments to do that. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Every sermon you listen to on this broadcast is recorded live at Valley View Christian Church. Our mission as a church is to help families follow Jesus. We accomplish this mission through a strategy of belong, become, and bless. In today's message, we are going to focus on one of these strategies to help you better understand what the Bible has to say about us belonging to a community of faith, becoming more like Jesus, and being a blessing to the world. If our mission to help families follow Jesus resonates with you, or our strategy to belong, become, and bless is one that you would like to be a part of, then we want to invite you to a service at Valley View Christian Church this Sunday at 9 or 10.30 a.m. Now please enjoy this message from Pastor Philip. It wasn't theirs. And Chris had experience in ways that I had inexperience, and I needed to grow my faith, but I needed him to help me. And man, my life benefited from it and was forever changed. And I think that there have been some times where I've come alongside other people and that's been the case and I've been able to give back to them. And so that's been a good thing. And maybe you've done that as well. But I bet if you were to tell your story, you would tell a story of someone, a Sunday school teacher, a mother, a grandmother, a grandfather, maybe it was a father. You're gonna tell a story of a friend. You're gonna tell the story of a youth group leader who came into your life and helped you to get to where you're at now as it relates to your faith in Jesus. And God is continually bringing these providential relationships into our lives. These people who have experience with their faith in ways that we have inexperience, and when we learn from them, it grows our faith, and we're better for it. And so maybe, maybe there is someone that you need to say yes to, to pour into or to be poured into by. Because those providential relationships will grow your faith. The second way that God grows our faith is practical biblical teaching. And you might think, what? Why is he bringing that up? Well, here's how it often works with with people when it comes to the Bible. Is there's a belief, but they don't know how that belief affects their behaviors. That there is some sort of information, but then there's not application. And and because there is an application of the teaching, the biblical truth, then it doesn't become real in our lives. We don't know how it's supposed to transform us. You know, case in point, the story of the wise men. You probably know the story of the wise men. We're pretty sure there were men for a variety of reasons. We don't really know how many men there were, but they they gave three gifts, so we assume there were three wise men. But as the story goes, they go to Jerusalem looking for little baby Jesus. And then they probably showed up when he was nine months to 18 months old. So they show up, they go to Herod. Herod doesn't know about Jesus. And he says, well, after you find him, come back to me. Come back to me and tell me about him. Well, that's what they plan to do because they, they want to respect the king. They want to show allegiance to this king of this territory. And so then they go find Jesus and they realize, whoa, this guy isn't up to anything good. And guess what they did? They shifted their allegiance 
from a worldly king to the king of kings. And then what happened? They didn't go back the way they came. They went back a different route. You see, you might know the story of the wise men, but what the story of the wise men teaches us is that we can't have an allegiance to an earthly king. We've got to have an allegiance to the king that is above all other kings. And when you interact with that king, you go home a different route. My point is, you might have the information, but you've got to get some practicality to it to get to, to that place of application, and that grows your faith. And when you do that, when you do that, what you're essentially saying is, is I have faith in what is being taught here. I believe what is being taught here. I believe it so much that I'm actually gonna do something about it. When Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount, he said some crazy, stretching things. He said, if you're angry at somebody, it's almost as if you are uh, going to murder them. If you look at somebody lustfully, then it's as if you have already committed adultery. He says, you need to be storing your treasures up in heaven. You need to invest in God's kingdom. He said those things. And then after the Sermon on the Mount, after he gave them all that information... He said, now that I've given this to you, here's what it all comes down to. What are you going to do with it? Everyone then who hears these words of mine, everything that he just said in the Sermon on the Mount, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does, not, uh, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And, a great, and great was the fall of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you are when you go to the beach, but when I go to the beach, I'm looking around at the houses there and I'm thinking, man, how do you get one of those? How do you get into that house? This is convenient. This is nice. This is amazing. It's just a dream. But, but I think that away when I go there. Because when you go to the beach, you, you realize, wow, this is really nice. How do we, I want to be here more. I want to be in one of those homes. Again, this is so nice. We all think that away until the storm comes. Because when the storm comes, you wish you were about a mile inland on some rock and you're not going to be as affected. You know, it, it's probably awesome. Uh, well, let me say this. It is awesome if you come to church every Sunday. It is amazing if you go through different Bible studies. It is incredible if you put yourself under the feet of some of the world's greatest teachers that are all available to us online. But if you don't do anything with it, you're just like that nice house on a beach that's just waiting on a storm to come along and tear it apart. We've got to apply it. And when we apply it, when we choose to do that, here, catch this. When we choose to do what Jesus asks us to do, even when it doesn't make sense, because it doesn't make sense not to retaliate according to the world. It doesn't make sense for you not to get even. It doesn't make sense for you not to go out and fulfill every physical desire that you have. It doesn't make sense to store up treasures in heaven and be generous to God's kingdom. It doesn't make sense. But when you choose to do what he asks you to do anyway, it will grow your faith. And that moment when you read the Bible and you start to make sense of how it impacts your life is revolutionary. Revolutionary. The third thing that God uses to grow your faith, and this is, let, this is not something that you need to seek out, but it is something that comes to every single one of us, is difficult circumstances. What if we viewed the trials and the tribulations in our lives as blessings instead of curses? Well, that would take, that would probably take a perfect faith. 
That would take the kind of faith that, that says you believe God exists, God knows who you are, and God is gonna walk with you through every single thing you deal with in life. James says it this way, count it all joy, my brothers, when you, how would you finish that sentence? You would probably finish that sentence, I count it pure joy when I eat a great steak, when I eat a big dessert, when my kid finally does what I asked them to do. I would count it pure joy whenever things like that happen that I want to happen, but not when I face trials of various kinds. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. Because those trials rarely come one way. Generally, those trials will go after your health. They'll go after your marriage. They'll go after your children. They'll go after your finances. They'll go after your career. And as you face these trials, he says, count it all joy, for you know that the testing of your faith, because all of those things, those challenges test your faith, they produce steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Not many of us would ever say that we enjoy having difficult circumstances come our way, but I bet every single one of us can say we are better that we have had some difficult circumstances come our way. A few months ago, I had a surgery on my knee, and part of the rehabilitation process was to go meet with a physical therapist. And some of the more modern methods actually deal with this kind of a concept. They, they put me into what's known as a blood flow restrictor. Now, I don't know about you, but the idea of restricting blood just doesn't ever seem like a good thing. I mean, maybe you know more than me, but it seems like if I, the blood goes down my leg, it should come back up my leg. Like, that's just common knowledge. At any rate, they have this new technology. It's called BFR, and it's related, again, it's related back to the blood flow restrictor. And their goal is to restrict 80% of your blood flow in, where, in whatever part of your body it is that's getting this particular rehabilitation. So they attach this, this contraption to my leg, and they restrict the blood. And I'm talking to this guy, and I'm saying, why do you want to do this? And first of all, they really try to talk you into it. I mean, he tells you all kinds of stories, because a lot of people do not want to do it. And, I, and he talked me into it. I said, all right, I'll try it, and then we'll see where it goes from there. So he gets me into this contraption. He's restricting the blood. It's incredibly painful and difficult, and it doesn't make any sense. But what he says is, it stimulates the cells and activates the muscles in ways 
that if you were to just go about doing your rehabilitation in a, in a normal manner, you wouldn't benefit from it nearly as much. Instead, by this added difficulty that is attached to your rehab, then you're much stronger as a result of that. And so I go, I go in there, I do it, go back the next week, and sure enough, the exercises are easier. And then they're easier, and then they're easier, and easier, and easier. And, and it got to the point where I'm like, this thing is amazing, this is incredible. Why didn't everybody do this? Our faith is like that. That God does allow these difficulties to come our way. And you can go on about your life and maybe you can even figure out a way to navigate it in such a way that you're pretty comfortable. You, you'll get there. And, and you'll probably even still, and you'll get to heaven. I'm sure your faith is sincere. But man, you won't have that faith like what we just talked about. Where you believe God exists and you believe that God knows you and you believe that God's gonna see you through everything that you go through. And God uses those difficult moments to do that. Here's the challenge for us, is that pressing into God instead of giving up on God when difficulty arises will grow your faith. Instead of giving up on him and pulling back, we press into him. Instead of not coming to church, we go to church. Instead of not opening up our Bible, we open up our Bible. Instead of not praying, we do pray. Romans 5 says it this way, that we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Now, this isn't something, again, that you need to go seek out. You don't have to go pursue it. You don't have to go and, and feel like you need to be persecuted in some way. God will bring that stuff into your life. And when he does, you can have faith that he's walking with you through it. The fourth thing that God uses to grow your faith is spiritual disciplines. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like discipline. Discipline is never something that I necessarily try to pursue. Maybe you're better than me, but I do know this about discipline. Discipline is not something that we ever regret. We don't regret being disciplined about the way we eat. We don't regret about being disciplined about exercise. We, we even, in hindsight, really don't even regret probably receiving discipline from our parents, because we know how good that is for us and how that has helped us to mold us and shape us and get us to where we're at. And the same is true with spiritual. There's spiritual disciplines that we need to have present in our lives. Personal spiritual disciplines that we need to have present in our lives. And they need to be consistent. Here you go. Take, here's the takeaway here. Is that inconsistent spiritual disciplines might convict you. But consistent spiritual disciplines will grow you. You might open up your Bible and read something and be like, wow, that really hit me. That was right here in the heart. But then if you don't come back to it, it's hard to do something with that. And it needs to be personal. Too often what I found about myself is I'll read the Bible. Maybe you do this, I'll just read the Bible. And I'm not praying before I read the Bible. I'm not praying about what's going on in my life. I'm just opening up the Bible and I just read it and then just move on with my day. And it doesn't seem like a lot comes out of that. Or maybe I say my prayers. But, 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 but candidly, I'm thinking about something else. I'm singing the songs, but then I'm thinking about how I'm gonna come up here and say an offering message to you for like the thousandth time. So how do I do that? I'm thinking about these other things, but my heart isn't with the Lord. It's gotta be personal and it's gotta be consistent. It's gotta be God, the Bible, and you. When I hear about people's stories, they'll often talk about how they started a devotional. And they did this devotional for one year. 
We have an elder of our church. He shares that one of the most critical moments in his life was about two years into his faith. And it was about then, he had, he had spent decades just reading the paper every single day. He would run it front cover to back of the paper. And then he finally got tired of hearing what was happening in the world and he wanted to hear what God was up to. And he started reading his Bible every day. And he's read through his Bible now probably five or six times over the past 12 years. And it was that shift from wanting to read the, Bible, read the paper consistently to reading his Bible consistently. And he would enter into that and it was God, the Bible, and him. It was God, prayer, and you. It's God giving in you. It's, it's whenever you make that contribution online, you're saying, God, thank you that I can do this. It's whenever you drop that check or, or those few dollars, whatever it may be in the bag, you're saying, God, thank you for this, that I can do this. God, bless Bless this ministry because of this. Whatever it is that you may be giving to, it's when you attach God to it that your faith is connected to it that you grow. It's God worshiping you. It's again, your heart is connected to the Lord as you're saying those words to the song. You're really thinking about that. The goodness of God that we just sang about. It's that God, we are no longer slaves as one song says. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. And you're thinking about these words of how amazing His grace really is. And you're thankful for that. And that makes you want to sing. You're not just going through the motions. It's God worshiping you. It's God serving in you. Like that generally when somebody burns out from serving the Lord, it's because somewhere along the line, God was cut out of that picture. It's God, okay, I'm going to serve because of you. God fasting and you. You're connecting it all back to the Lord. If, if God's not, as one person said, if God's not a part of your fast, it's just a diet. You're bringing God into it to be a part of it. First Timothy says this, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather train yourself for godliness through those disciplines. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Here's the last way that God will grow your faith is through a personal ministry. When you hear these stories, again, of somebody coming to faith, they often are attached to helping in the children's ministry, helping in the student ministry, helping to go out on a mission trip of some, of some kind. And there's a ministry that they're very involved in. It's a personal thing for them. And you have been gifted and you have experiences that help you to do just that. First Peter says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 
that, that there are things that you've been given to serve others. But, but I just heard about one. Like we, we have a girl who's been attending our church now, or a woman who's been attending our church for maybe six months or so, and, and, and she has been uneasy about taking that next step. She wasn't even sure what that next step even was. But generally, there's some kind of a nudge from the Lord. And she finally said yes. And maybe you need to say yes. And usually how it goes is this, is I felt that God was nudging me to serve, but, but I was so nervous. I was in over my head. I felt inadequate. I was intimidated. I was overcommitted. I am overcommitted. I felt that God was nudging me to do this, but, but I couldn't, but I had all these excuses, but I knew this is what God wanted me to do. And when you get to that particular point, you've got to choose to either say yes or say no. And pushing through your inadequacies in order to say yes to God for the benefit of other people will grow your faith. And so this girl said, you know what? I'm going to serve in the nursery. I'm going to do that. And I've talked to people in a variety of different ministries in our church, and they have a story that's like that. I said yes to being an elder, and we're going to confirm some elders here in a few moments at the end of our service. I said yes to helping again with this particular ex outreach ministry that we have as a church I said yes to the mission trip I said yes to one of the ministries that we serve here that we have here as a church I said yes and this ministry became something that grew their faith and often it starts small and it goes from there but don't let your feelings of inadequacy hold you back in Matthew chapter 14 Jesus is with his disciples and there's thousands of people in front of them and he teaches them all day long and so they're hungry they're getting grumpy and the disciples go to Jesus and say, Jesus, we just got a few loaves, a few fish. We can't feed all these people. You got to send them home. And what does Jesus do? He said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. He says, I know that you feel like you don't have enough resources. I know you feel inadequate. I know you feel like you aren't going to be able to meet the need that is before you. But because I am with you, I'm going to help you meet that need. I'm going to help you solve this thing that's in front of you. And that, that occasion became a ministry for them. And so what is it that you need to say yes to? The difficult circumstances, you might be in the midst of it right now, and you just have to believe that God, God is walking with you. He's walking through that with you. And you have to come back to him every single day, maybe multiple times a day to get through that. Is there a relationship, personal some kind of providential relationship that God has brought into your life. And you need to say yes to being a part of that group, which Reverend Group signups. You need to say yes to being a part of that mentor relationship. You need to pour into somebody. You need to have somebody pour into you. What do you need to say yes to? You need to say yes to serving in a ministry. And we've got an opportunity with our cafe that we're really looking to get some people plugged in there. That's completely voluntary. If that's something that you're interested in, we'd love to talk to you about that. We've got opportunities all over for you to say yes to something. I know you may feel inadequate. I know you may not feel like you have the resources. You might even feel like you're a little overcommitted. But Jesus says, you know, we are meant to do this. We're meant to help one another. Do you, what do, you, do you need to say yes to just making it a habit to read your Bible every day, to pray every day, to instead of wallowing in worry and fear, you're going to sit down and you're going to write those things down and you're saying, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this to you. I'm not going to lose sleep anymore. I'm not going to be angry at everybody anymore. I'm just going to give it to you. What is it that you need to say yes to to stretch, to grow your faith? Whatever that is, I want to encourage you to do that.
even though it might be hard. And as we consider this last point of a personal ministry, I think it's so important for us to remember that Jesus, that Jesus saw us as a ministry. And as he knelt in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, not my will be done, but yours be done. And if I'm the only one that, if I'm the one that has to do this, then I'm going to go do it. And he went to the cross for each and every one of us to serve each and every one of us and do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And so as we come into a time of communion, we think about the fact that Jesus did for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. And as you even think about this, again, reflect on all that he has done for you. Reflect on the fact that God does exist, that he does know you, and he wants to see you through where you're at right now, but you have to come to him. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, we want to encourage you to reflect in this time, to consider what's been shared with you. But if you have put your faith in Jesus, we want to encourage you to take this communion and thank him for doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself. If you need communion, raise your hand. Our team will be happy to give that to you. They're in the back and they'd be happy to come forward and share that with you. But let's have a word of prayer and we thank God for all that he's done for us and for the faith that he's calling us to. Father, we're grateful that you're there. We're grateful that you know us. Lord, we are grateful that you see us through. And we are so grateful, Lord, that we don't have to earn that. Instead, we receive it as we receive your grace and your mercy and your compassion in the name of Jesus. And so as we go into this time of communion, may we reflect on the beauty of your cross. We give you this in Christ's name. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.